0: It's not another Buffalo podcast
1: With John Roy Kent is like the best character in that show Oh, he is
0: That bad. boy Phoebe And Rando <laughs> Dude, you sound like Roy Kent Are you serious? Oh,
1: dude. You been holding out on this? On Buffalo Rumblings All right. Welcome back to Not Another Buffalo Podcast. I'm John. I'm here with my buddy Brando and special guest this week. You guys know how little we have guests, so you know it's a special episode. We've got Anthony Marino here from Breaking Buffalo Rumblings and buffalorumblings.com. Anthony, we had you on the show about a year ago, and I kind of just realized that we did a draft on that episode as well. So hopefully you don't think (laughs) that we're just bringing you in for the the draft content here, but uh, we're happy to have you on.
2: No, I'm happy to be on and listen. We're a couple of weeks away from training camp, right? When we're recording this, so drafts sort of fill that space, and and I'm looking forward to it. So thanks for having me back.
1: Yeah, certainly not a lot to talk about when the uh, number one headline is Tom Brady getting seen with Kim Kardashian and,
0: and Oh no, and, you know,
1: like that's that's the headline. Oh, I didn't see- I, didn't I see
0: I, that. I Uh-oh. forgot. I did see that headline. And it was like a weird headline. They're at a party or something. We don't need to talk about this, but
1: yeah, yeah, no, yeah. It, uh, I don't even know how to say this nicely. They'd be perfect for each other. Um, but, <laughs> but Brandon, how are you doing? I haven't talked to you in two weeks either. You know, we took last week off. I was in California. Uh, so it was nice to have a little break there, but, uh, how you been,
0: you know, working at the golf course, sleeping, not, not much else. <laughs> bowling I've been into bowling still you know this is summer summer uh, summer vacation for Brandon and it involves golf and bowling and it's a little bit of fishing but nothing crazy
1: see this is the stuff that I miss out on not being in western new york but anyway we got some Ted Lasso to talk about Brandon I know you just finished this series up like what last week yeah, a little behind the
0: end of the last week, I was behind. It was funny because when we were talking about having you on, Anthony, I had maybe like six episodes, five episodes to go. And I was like, okay, I got two weeks. I got five episodes. I can do this. And bang them out. It was just, you know, it's one of those things you don't want it to end. I love Ted Lasso. I channel Ted Lasso all the time. I try to. It resonates with me as a basketball coach. If John knows me, I might be the worst basketball player you ever see in the world, Anthony. I was not good. I was really, really, really bad. And I just kind of stumbled into this job five or six years ago, and I fell in love with it. But it was really funny because I had not a clue what to do. Never played, never coached. And here we are. It's fun. And and I think about it all the time. And when Ted Lasso came out, I was like, Oh, this guy, he's trying to coach coach soccer. He has no idea what the hell he's doing. So that caught my attention. And I've been uh, loving it ever since. So we're trying to figure out a show, well, how can we incorporate it? We've talked about it a little bit before, but even in this season, just the development of the characters and adding new characters and all these sort of players is like, how can we highlight the greatness of the show? So a character draft, right? Let's pick our favorite guys.
1: So Anthony, before we get started, I got to ask you, how did, how did you consume the show? Cause I know for me it was like appointment television every week, you know, got to watch that episode as soon as you can. And uh, also follow up question. How upset were you when it didn't come out on time, that final episode?
2: So I'll answer that second question first. So, right. Yeah, because it had become appointment television and you would know that, okay, hey, East Coast time, they would drop the episode at 9 p.m. on Tuesday instead of midnight at Wednesday. And it would just be like, listen, all right, I'm nine o'clock, ready to go. And I would say to whoever in the family was watching, like at nine o'clock, I'm watching the episode. If anybody wants to watch with me, that's great. But I'm watching it at nine o'clock. And if you guys have to watch it later, I'll I'll rewatch it with you or on another day. So that part, I got up at, like I kind of fell asleep because I'm old at like (laughs) one o'clock in the morning. And I'm just like, you know what? I'm awake. I'm just going to watch the episode. So that's how, when I watched the finale which was kind of crazy right from from that standpoint I came into the show the first time it like had already been on on the air season one or had at least long enough in because we were going away on a trip and it was kind of that first trip post COVID and it's a little bit of like you know you're a little tense it's like you're flying with masks it's you know, before we go away, my wife is like, you should bring your laptop with you. I'm like, "Well, why is that? She's like, because if one of us gets COVID, we're going to be like quarantined in a room, the five of us for 14 days. And, you know, so you're kind of going through a little bit of this. Holy cow, wait, what are we doing? Like, does this make the most sense? And, uh, and for whatever reason, I was just looking for something light to download to watch on the plane, kind of going through all that and I downloaded like the first six episodes. I didn't really, you know, again, you remember it being these commercials from like NBC Sports for their, you know, Premier League matches that they were going to be showing and kind of this whole this campaign that they had. And just from watching that first episode, I mean, I I fell in love with it. You know, that sounds kind of crazy. I'm like 48 years old talking about it it's CD not crazy here like but <laughs> you know as someone that you know for for my work you work with a, a a large team right I've coached youth sports for the last almost 25 years you know coached at a high school level ho- coached my kids teams all these different pieces mostly in in basketball brando right so happy to chat with you on that sometime too but uh <laughs> you know as you go through with it to be able to to relate and kind of becoming less about this show that you think oh it's a sports comedy and really it just becomes so many different characters that you care about and so many different real life type of situations and and yes there's certain things that are over the top and caricatures of real life but but in reality i can't think of another show that people have sort of embraced and wrapped their arms around in a way of just, you can relate to so many of these different characters. So, you know, after that first season, I mean, not, you know, not only did it become like appointment TV, it kind of became this piece. You almost, you study it a little bit when you're, you're talking about, uh, you know, coaching your kids or different yeah. things you go through with work. You know, I keep the believe sign behind me. I, I got as a gift. And sort of when you're on your work conference calls and your zooms, it's just sort of that, that reminder, right. Of just, you know, not to be like, hey, what would what would Ted do in this type of situation? But it just sort of sets a standard for for what you try to be. So,
1: yeah, yeah, it's such a great show. I got into it after the full first season was out and it really wasn't until I got because I didn't have Apple TV until that point. I just got it for Ted Lasso because I had heard all the hype about it. And, you know, you see so much good stuff about it on Twitter and you're like, I, I got to try this, you know, I'll try it. And same thing after an episode, you, you're hooked. It's so good. And I was very lucky that once we, by the time we finished the first season, the second season was coming out. So that kind of timed up really well. That's like the best time to get into a show is right before the second season is coming out. So you're not just like, you don't have to wait that huge gap of years before, you know, and that's how we felt waiting for the third season, obviously.
0: John, I was kind of like you. I never, I didn't even know Apple TV existed. I didn't know it was a, a streaming thing. <laughs> I remember that they had a, a deal with baseball because they had some baseball games put on. But the only reason that I got into it was, like you said, it was you're kind of coming out of COVID. I I lost three iPhones in the summer of 2020 and 2019, um, and every time that I had to get an iPhone, Apple would give me an, a subscription to Apple TV. And the first iPhone is in the bottom of the St. Lawrence River, in between in the Thousand Islands. It's it might be in Canada. It might be in the U.S. I'm not really sure. The second one was at Dewitt Park. I was waiting. I was fishing again, and the uh, the backpack got wet and wrecked the phone. And the third one's in um, Glenwood Lake in Medina, New York, because it did the same thing. It fell off the kayak. So after that, I stopped bringing my phone out on to the kayak. But I remember signing up and be like, I get six months of this. What is this? I don't know what this is. And and the only thing that really caught my eye was Ted Lasso. But it had just kind of started, and I it was season one was out, and I was like, whoa. Okay, this might be like twelve hundred dollars out of my pocket for these phones, but this is—I got eighteen months of Apple TV here to to at least soften. Three the blow.
1: iPhones in one summer—that sounds like a stat of the week. That is oh, impressive, right there. That yeah, terrible. that sounds like a Pat' That's stat, terrible. honestly. Stupid. Well, for this draft, Anthony, unfortunately, you're the guest, so we're gonna make you go first. <laughs> but hey, you know, we're not gonna scrutinize you too much. This is it's kind of a tough decision, right? Oh when my god, you think about first overall pick. I'll let, I'll let you get into it because I'm sure we'll have our discussion afterwards. Question for Brenda, you. What
2: were you going to say, though? Go ahead.
0: What's the biggest slam dunk number one overall pick ever in sports? Is it Peyton Manning? Because, they, I mean, Ryan Leaf and Peyton Manning were, were debating no, with each other.
1: Le-
2: Le- LeBron James. Oh, yeah, LeBron. I was going to say okay. LeBron. LeBron's probably. That's right. Good, I mean, at least as yeah. far as you go with that, which makes me think right now, you know, this isn't like a Peyton Manning, Ryan Leaf type of situation. It's not a. I mean, God, I can't even compare it to the LeBron draft because they went with Darko at pick two, which was <laughs> you know As crazy. Pist- it's like
0: <laughs> Pistons fan here, just like flip the table over. But,
2: but this is hard because when you go pick number one, I'm assuming this is a snake draft. So it's not like you even come back where you can balance things out. So if I'm going with my first overall pick, uh, I'm going with Roy Kent. Oh, is going to be no. my pick. And I, I think, you know, just it would be very easy to say, how can it not be Ted Lasso, the lead character on the show, everything that it's based on? But when you talk about it, and I think when we look back, especially that first season, right? In all of TV, I cannot think of another character in that Roy Kent vein of just like the the flippant attitude, the the gruff personality that he is. The relationship with his niece, just wanting to resist everything, but knowing that, like, listen, there is something with this guy. And if they can get through to it, how do they make this work? And I felt like for his character arc of like finishing his first season to then coming back and being a coach, spoiler alert for anyone. I mean, if you haven't watched Ted Lasso yet, to, you know, I guess you could skip forward or stop listening now. But, you know, for him to be named the head coach of AFC Richmond, kind of that character arc to me he was the most consistent throughout the three seasons and i felt like you know he's been recognized with all the awards that he received for those first two years so that's my number 1 overall pick roy kent
0: that's that's a good one that's a very good one i was really hoping you weren't going to take him cuz i wanted him yeah. and i'm sure john <laughs>
1: wanted can, him too yeah. our intro has yeah. roy kent because yeah, exactly roy kent voice. Yeah, you can't yeah. poke holes in that pick that was that was totally defendable
2: It's a bit safe, but like along those same lines, it's just, if I didn't do it, I would have immediately regret. So that's where I'm at. All right,
0: Brandon, you want to go second? John, I have a coin here. Heads, you pick. Tails, I pick. All right. All right. Uh, Heads. Tails. Sorry. I knew it. It's a penny. Gosh. I think I have to take Ted. I would have taken, I probably would have taken Ted number one overall. I I like the Roy Kent not pick. Number one overall, though. But I, I have to take Ted. My favorite thing, I think, from season three is just a little thing when he tells Jamie that the other team has to believe that you will be unselfish and you're calling for the ball to get another teammate open. And I remember, you know, he does. He's like, I'm open.
1: Pass me the ball. Pass me the ball. Pass me the ball. Yeah, the he, call back to season one. Yes, yeah.
0: Ted does that in season one. And then Jamie does it in, in the final season. I really like that. And I've had that conversation with my guys a thousand times. As you know, in in youth basketball, the way that it is now, everybody wants to be Steph Curry. Everybody wants to take that shot. And I tell my guys all the time that we're going to beat these teams because you are going to play for the guy next to you to get the guy open on the, the third or fourth or fifth guy open. And to see Ted instill these values into his players, to see how he treats the other coaches, to see how he treats everybody bringing the cookies to Rebecca every single day, to hearing his story with Coach Beard, how he saved Coach Beard, really. And the story with the car, right? Like he steals Ted's car, right? Coach Beard steals Ted's car. That's yep. what they said in the show. Yeah, yeah. And yep. he's so yep. forgiving and, and the storyline with Nathan and everything with him. And even his interaction with his lady friend, right? Ted's little fling that he has. That's always funny. And oh, with sassy. Yeah. Sassy. Yeah, yeah. And and they're like, how was he? And he's like, he's such a gentleman. He's such a gentleman. Like, you know, he's just a, <laughs> a world class guy. And I would be happy to make him the number two overall
1: selection. Nice. So for my first pick, I I have these players ranked opposite on my board, but I'm more scared that one of them is going to go before I can pick again in the second round. And I know that my number one character isn't probably going to be picked because it's such a side character, hopefully. I'm hoping that won't bite me in the butt. So I got to take Danny Rojas here. I love Danny. I kind of looked at this as the player that I get most excited when I see them on screen or any character in that sense, like when you when you see Danny, you know you're gonna have a smile and a laugh. And there was very little that was more funny than when he had the rivalry with the Canadian goalie Zoro. Uh, sorry, Zorro. Zorro. Yes, yeah. it's, uh, Zorro. Different names for the whole season when he was playing for Team Canada and they went off. That was really funny, like the scene, the dark side of Danny Rojas, where he was so dialed in and like. When he's your teammate he's the best dude in the world and when he's your enemy like you don't want to be enemies with danny rojas so uh the scene just, with uh,
0: the plane and the doritos i'm just sitting yes. there like, who's gonna pick that up <laughs> who's picking that up come on David. i think
2: from the from the jump though when he came in and joined in season one i mean it was what like four or five episodes in right and they needed right. that counterbalance to to jamie and how were they going to to do that and it's, you know, you have to think to yourself to come in halfway through a season and literally steal every scene that you're in. Um, <laughs> he was he was that that guy and just kind of the the level of uh joy that he he brought to the show was something that really fit with Ted's personality, right? To everything that you had said, Brando. I mean, for Danny Rojas to come in, just uh what a fantastic addition and kind of the that player on the pitch that matched kind of Ted's personality in many ways. Yeah. yeah. Football is life.
0: I'm curious. Do you think they scripted it that way where they had Danny and they were like, let's save him for a little bit. Or do you think they stumbled into Danny and the writers were like, well, let's throw him in here.
2: I would have guessed. I would have guess they had it set that way. I mean, yeah. just, you know, to, to get everything going, but who knows, man, what a, what a great find though.
1: I think that means you're up Anthony with the uh, first pick around two. Wait, so
2: this isn't a snake draft.
0: Now we'll just do it. Am- we'll do it we'll do it NFL draft style you
2: know my gosh yeah. I guess being the see before I was all upset when I had the first pick because I thought it was going to be go up and then you were going to come back down no, Easy. We're, Jay- we're very simple minded <laughs> <laughs> <Okay. regular drafts. laughs> me too so that's okay um, Jamie Tart slam dunk yep. right to go from literally the biggest prick on television that is hated <laughs> by everyone just you can look at it and just be like gosh even if he is a caricature of this self-entitled athlete to go from where he started to even the finish of that first season, right? And you think about things, he's playing for Man City and you know just the the interaction with his father, just kind of like looking at things where he gets the envelope at the end with the army man and the note from Ted, like, hey, way to make the extra pass. Like seeing that growth go from him, especially of, again, season one being so hated to coming back joining the team in season 2 the episode where uh, everything with dubai air where you know he's that first player to stand next to sam and cover up the logo on his kit really to just becoming a great teammate and it's like seeing that evolution of and i think we've seen it a lot of times you can talk about some some young players in in real life i mean talk about Jimmy Butler, right? I mean, a a superstar, someone that is being held up to such a great standard, but early on in his career, like playing his way out of different teams, like bit misunderstood. You can look at some of these pieces to see Jamie Tart continue to evolve there and even to take it a step further, right? His relationship with Roy Kent, as far as, you know, coach and player, but more so brother to brother. And uh, that scene with Uh, uncle's day. It's like the made up holiday where, you know, they're (laughs) celebrating Roy and, and really looking at pieces. And it's just this like, well, I had to invite your best friend. Mm -hmm. And the two of them going back and forth. And even to that point of like, man, Jamie, you know, the, giving him the, the kit from when Roy was on the world cup team, you talk about a full circle type of piece just uh, a lovable character was nominated for an Emmy today. Really? I think everybody on the cool. cast is pulling for him to to win that, even though Brett Goldstein has won the last two years. Um, so for Phil Dunster to to play Jamie Tart, God, my lineup is stacked right now. It I'm, is. Feeling, yeah. I'm I'm feeling <laughs> yeah. good. So the, yeah.
0: The other part that's really cool about that. Anthony is the Roy Kent poster in his childhood room when he goes to see his mom.
2: <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> right yeah. next to the Keeley poster. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's so funny.
0: Oh, that's great. And like you said, just to see somebody believe in Jamie like Roy did, and it, it, that's awesome. And the Jimmy Butler comparison is great because I, I remember reading a clip, we talked about it on the show a couple times, where Jimmy Butler came in, you know, second-round pick. He had this attitude of how people treated him and just blossoming into what he is now, and it's it's really cool to see that development. And you can't be happier. Like I just I was just sitting there the whole time I, I were watching. I'm like, Jamie, Jamie's character, like, just how do you not love it? How do you not love this? Um, such a great yeah. character
2: arc, to say the least. Yes. Yeah, uh,
1: such a great backstory too. You know, you introduce this character as a prick, right? But then you kind of you slowly figure out why they're a prick, and then yeah, you, they humanize them, and you have the sympathy, and that you turn that. And swing it all around into, this is, you know, a character who's redeemable and being redeemed actively. And it was just so well done, the stuff with his dad. I mean, that scene after, you know, when the team kind of picks him up off the ground after he has that interaction with his dad after that game, I don't remember if that was season two, maybe, but you really felt for the character. And it's like, they had had full freedom to go whatever they wanted with Jamie Tart. It was a very believable arc. Because sometimes you take a character like that and you swing him around and it's a little less believable. I think that some people, you know, have that problem with Nathan Shelley's character arc. They think that it was a little less believable for that, and I'm not somebody who thinks that. I think he had a good character arc too, but certainly with Jamie, it was it was it was a little bit more realistic. Even though he is this character who, you know, overpronounces his ease. Right, Brett Goldstein in interviews has talked <laughs> about how they like his accent has a like poope or however he says it. And uh, they just really leaned into that for the third season. So that was was a solid pick.
2: Thank you. Thank you. Oh,
0: he left me with a dilemma here. I was hoping you're going to take somebody else. But the way that the dominoes fall, I think I'm going to go with uh, Coach Beard. I'm going to take Coach Beard. So I'm going to have both of the the coaches on my staff here. Um, I love the way (laughs) that Ted and Coach Beard have their relationship. Right? We talked about that with the Ted pick, finding out, the depth of their relationship at the end of the final season. It just makes you love him more. I think both of them more because first of all, he's a wild card. Right. And then how he's sitting on the plane. He's like, I'm in love. And he has to go. (laughs) He's like, gotta go chase the girl. Um, One thing that I was talking about with one of my friends, she was like, I love how he's reading all the time. She's like, he he's the brains. I think like he, he is the one that's like trying to learn these things to teach Ted how to what football is, you know, what's off sides and what what you play with 11, you play with seven, you know, what, what, there's a striker in a middle like, you know, he needs to be the tactical guy. You know, we kind of get that from Nathan as he grows through the show, too. But Coach Beard, you know, when he yells, it's funny. It's, it's like, it's serious, but it's funny. Yeah. But the way that he anchors the coaching staff together with Ted, they're a perfect combination. And you need to have somebody like that. And I just, I like that he reads these books to try to try to get better. And he, he doesn't know, but he's learning and he wants to be better. So,
2: But yeah, I think the, the perfect example was too, when you think of that balance, you talk about him being the anchor of the coaching staff. And it was that scene in season two where Ted is really wrestling with bringing Jamie back to the club. Right. And uh, they're sitting in the the pub. Right. And they're just kind of across the table from each other. And Ted's like, you know, eh, it's not about wins and losses. And Beard slams, slams the table at the pub. Right. And he's like, you know, it, it does matter. Like winning and losing does matter. Like these aren't kids. You know, I get what we were doing back at Wichita State. But, you know, with this, it is about winning and losing. And, you know, here's that one person that can be that reality check to the you know ted's kind of golly g sort of way that he is which makes him great and for it to be beard it just shows like everything that they've been through but right we all kind of need that one person in our life that can be that real with you and uh and coach beard is that guy
0: i had a i had a coach tell me one time you're only as good as your assistant coaches are and i i really like that quote i never really thought about that that hits home. Totally. You need to have a guy there on your staff, whether you're Sean McDermott or Donnie Granado or Ted Lasso, or, you know, Brandon and Anthony coaching basketball, you need to have somebody that you can run stuff by, get an honest opinion. They're not going to be, you know, kissing your butt. They're not going to be scared of you. They you need to, ha- you need to be real with them and they can be real with you. And and I love that they have that dynamic. And then, and like I said, the part where he goes on about stealing the car and offers him a job and still saves like it's just, it's icing on the cake. It's just, it's icing <laughs> on the cake.
1: Good yeah. deal. That's a good one. All right. So I'm going to go kind of out of left field here. I, I don't think that this character would have gone in the draft. So you guys know the three dudes who hang out in the bar and are like the lifelong Richmond fans, the guy, Paul Lafleur, he's the bigger guy. Yeah, He is my favorite and I relate to him so much because he is the forever optimist, right? The, his friends are like forever pessimistic. And I always felt like I was that guy throughout the drought with the bills. You know, I had, I, I listened to all this negativity all the time, but I always feel like that guy who's always like, Oh, this could go well. You know, th- this is good. I'm just like, you know, I'm just along for the ride. I enjoy all the good moments and and the bad moments are going to happen. So Still, I love that guy. Whenever he, whenever he's on screen, he always delivers, like, a good line. And I'm, he always has me laughing.
0: John, my favorite story with this is, and we've talked about it numerous times, was we're maybe oh six, oh seven, oh eight, sitting in Spanish class, and we're like, I think the Bills could go undefeated. Like, like they could <laughs> right. win this game. They could win we this did.
1: game. We, yes, yes. And Some our
0: friend played. Chris was a, a Patriots fan. He's like, you're a moron. And we're like, no, it could happen. <laughs> like, it could actually happen. And again, and of course, we went 7-9, to nine, but... Leading into the season, we were drinking the Kool-Aid and that was just, that's a good way to, to, to personify it, John.
1: Always, always. We're, we're a little bit more, you know, intelligent about our takes these days, I feel like. But, uh, certainly we, we, we still drink our fair share of Kool-Aid, I think. Can we
0: talk about those guys in the bar real quick before you make your next pick, Anthony?
1: Yeah, Because
0: the way... That the show ends where they're like, What do I do with myself now? They're like, We we did it. I waited a hundred and whatever years that this team has been around for a Premier League championship just to get into the league. And they're like, it's happened now. And the bartender's like, you know, you you find a wife and you start a family and he's like boring <laughs> or whatever. He turns around. <laughs> um, and I thought that was really funny because it's it's like what you you live for these sports moments and then they happen. Right. It's like if you're a Red Sox fan before the cur- like before you break the curse, now they break the curse. It's like you might not be as into it as you were before. You might be more into it because you got a taste and you want more of it. And I always find that interesting. It's like, are you do you become more of a fan when your team wins the championship? It's like you're fulfilled, you're satisfied, whatever you want to call it. But it's like, what do you do now?
1: Yeah, I don't know. Ask your local Patriots fan. See, they'd have some good perspective on that, unfortunately, or any Boston sports fan, somebody who grew up in that. But yeah, all right. So, Anthony, you're up. Final pick, round three. What do you got? Oh,
2: my! It's my final pick. Jeez.
1: Oh, sorry. We can I, go I did, four rounds not. with this if you want.
2: We got I mean, enough they, characters. There's a lot of There's a lot of talent left on the board, and you're making it difficult for me. So it's uh. As we go through, I I feel like I'm going chalk with each pick here, but I I have to because to not pick Rebecca here would just be she criminal. Felt, yeah. As as much as there are other characters that I love, and again, you talk about a a great redemption story. You know, very different along the lines of what we saw with Jamie Tart. But you know, as the show started, she was the villain, right? And it just yeah. she absolutely hated Ted, hated the club wanted to burn it to the ground that was her motivation for all of this and in many ways i even felt like in in season 3 was kind of more about her than than any other character and and i don't say that as a complaint right because it just became her evolution is as well and you know i think there were some like some clunky parts with with different pieces where you know maybe with the story but with her as a as a character and i think again you talk about her relationship with Ted, I mean, during that first season where she goes down to apologize to him, you just think, and, and again, you're talking a TV show here, but to to have that moment to go confront someone and just be like, I did honestly the most horrible thing and for him to forgive her. I mean, I, honestly, as I say that, right, Brando, I'm kind of having second guesses of should I take in Ted number one overall, <laughs> but uh, but to take Rebecca of just someone that again going from that villain to embracing everything and even that episode with the uh the fundraiser where you started to see the crack right where she hugs Ted outside of the the event and she's just sort of you can see how much she's struggling with Rupert being there and everything taking place and the entertainment canceling and you know Ted and Higgins kind of jumping in to to help make some things work to to her and keely going out in the the rigshaw at the end with the the bottles of champagne like where you finally started to see like okay this is a character that we can wrap our arms around and we can start to root for and she certainly was so she's my number three pick that's a good one
1: you got a stacked roster there anthony
2: yeah i'm feeling all right about this draft i, yes. I get it. if it was snake draft i was not feeling good about where this uh this could go but it's uh it's things are falling my way today
0: Brandon, who you got next? Well, I'm glad he's still on the board. This guy, you got to have a Higgins around, I think. And you mentioned him there. (laughs) And I I wanted him, and I thought he would slide far enough where I, I could pass on him for a little bit. But he cracks me up in everything that he's in. He's the Diamond Dogs. We didn't even talk about Roy asking to be a diamond dog that was a <laughs> yeah. that was great when you see him run in it's like they called him for diamond dogs and then it wasn't like it was like a false alarm or whatever and you know and, and when he does his barking and his howling, like just everything about him he cracks me up and i want him on my team i like his character he makes me laugh out loud even if it's a subtle little joke but i like his character development too as well right he was kind of rupert's guy well, then he realized that he was wrong with Rebecca and he wanted to write the right things for Rebecca and to be a part. Again, they just all grow together. And that's what's really cool about the show. Every character has some sort of development in themselves, within the team, within the franchise. And that's why we watch. So give me Higgins and I'll be happy with that.
2: I think Higgins is a perfect character. You know, and when you think about a, a television show and just what someone can bring. And again, if this is just the writers or what their vision is, or just Jeremy Swift who plays the character, right, and you think about this, like so many relationships around characters and their fathers, whether it's Rebecca and her relationship with her dad, Ted and his father, Ted as a father, Jamie Tart and his dad. And then here's Higgins, right? With like five boys, three cats, two dogs, you know, married to his high school sweetheart, all of these pieces. But in many ways, that voice of reason a voice of calm. And really, by the end of it, right, there was that speech he gave when Roy was talking about trying to change and trying to be better. And Higgins gives that talk, and I I can't even paraphrase it, but right, just trying to improve and looking to get better and just looking to make progress. And as long as you're doing that, you're good. And it's like, oh my gosh, the best advice. He kind of became that father figure to so many folks or maybe like that uncle you go to for some sage advice when you you need it. But I really felt like he developed into a, a perfect character for the show and a steal in the third round.
0: Yes. And to go yeah. along with the, what you said, he says the quote, find out before you flip out, right? When there you go. Ted's worrying yeah. about his ex-wife and and that whole mess of a thing that they got over there with all of the sort of moral compromises about dating your marriage counselor. I didn't like that for hit for Ted, but it was nice that Higgins comes out. And he's like, Oh, if anything, you should find out before you flip out. And it's just like,
2: yeah,
1: yeah,
0: that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah.
1: Such a well-rounded character too. Like with, with the, the base and the jazz stuff and those little subplots that happened. And, also, him hosting Christmas dinner for all the players that first
2: season—such
1: a, such a good character, great episode. Chet Baker fan, right? He talks about Chet Baker.
2: And do you know that the woman that played his wife in the show was his wife in real life as well? Cool. They're oh, a, that's so wholesome. A real life couple. I didn't so, know that. You, you know, I think when you saw those characters resonate with each other, it was about as genuine as you can get.
1: Cool. I didn't know that <laughs> that's either. Perfect. Even more perfect character now. Yeah. Higgins is untouchable. Oh, this is tough. I got I got two people on my board that I'm trying to choose between. Both side characters, not really characters with arcs either, which is I'm looking at these characters a little bit differently. But as far as characters have some of the best one-liners, I'm going to go with Jan Moss here. Always <laughs> tells it like it is and is is not trying to be mean, has no ill will towards anybody, but he just tells it like it is it's kind of a, a stark reminder that oftentimes in our culture, we never say what we mean ever. Like we're so full of pleasantries and all these things. And here comes Jan Moss just challenging that. Just say what you think, you know, how bad could it be? And uh, not that we should go doing that or anything like that, but it's <laughs> it's really funny having that juxtaposed in this, you know, feel good show. And all of a sudden you got Jan Moss and everyone's like, ah, oh. everyone groans whenever he says something. But I just, I love it. I love his timing and uh, definitely makes me laugh quite a bit. Now, he
2: was a good addition too that came in later. I think it was in season two that Jan Moss joined and really just became again, right? Like and you think with so many shows, it's like, gosh, how come nobody is saying this right now? And it's just like, you know, we're just going to put this character in that can be that. And, you know, you might be scratching your head saying, how can nobody bring this up? And, and he's going to be, He's going to be that guy that can can just fill that void. So yeah,
1: yeah, I love it. All right, do you guys want to do a fourth round? Because I think we might have enough characters left. It's up to you guys. One more bonus round.
2: There are so many characters left, and honestly, yeah. our old uh, our old boss at Buffalo Rumblings, Matt Warren, would probably slay all of us if we did a Ted Lasso draft without Keely Jones being picked. So yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, I, I'm looking at this like, how does no one? select keely and i think as you go through with it again different different parts and different seasons personally i did not love the kind of the way they utilized her in season three as well as they did in season one and season two but you know i think when you talk about a level of friendship and loyalty we all have that version of keely jones in our life at least you should right someone that's like you know going to make sure that you're having fun going to make sure that you're having a good time is as loyal as anyone that you would ever come across and i think you saw that with her you know especially early on in season one as soon as she found out what rebecca was doing with ted and got the picture from the paparazzi it was just like I'm shutting this down and if you don't do something about it, I'm going to but also in a sense when you talk about friendship and forgiveness she didn't hold that against rebecca forever she kind of looked at it as just like we're going to get through this piece and then we're going to move forward with with our friendship and our relationship you know i think in many ways when you talk about maybe how women are portrayed in in shows or when it comes to interaction with athletes and this and that here is a you know strong and confident woman that you know is kind of growing as a character, right? And gaining that confidence in herself that, uh, was the line Ted had? You know, we're talking about the, the picture and he's like, I don't see that. It's like, I see, you know, strong, independent woman feeding man who's not defined by her relationship or something along <laughs> those lines, right? And, and kind of in a weird way, but like, and I totally butchered that line, but that's that's who she became, right? It wasn't, and even at the end, it's not like, oh, I'm not picking Jamie or Roy. I'm not getting back together with Roy. Like, that's not going to be the piece that defines her character, who she's dating. It's like Keely Jones stands on her own. So I know you were saying only go three rounds, but there's no way I could end this without Keely Jones
0: being. I, I think so, we yeah. got, I think we're going to do one more bonus round here because <laughs> I got one that I want to, but I like how you described that, Anthony, because I mean, we, we talked about it. This, whole premise of the show is they are doing something totally new in their lives that they've never done before in uncharted waters, not knowing how it's going to turn out. They could fail just as easily as they could succeed. And that's kind of what you have to do in the world if you want to be successful at anything, right? I mean, that's what people say, right? That's, yeah, that's what people (laughs) say is, is you have to figure it out on your own. And you have that support group around you and you you be loyal to your friends and you treat everybody the right way and and you try to become your own person and and follow your passions and and your love and everybody i think here and that we have chosen kind of outlines that a little bit and Keeley does yeah. it in her own way in a way that like you said it's independent from all of the players and and her relationships and stuff and i think the writers did a good job of you know what's what, um, the motif right that's the vocab word for us <laughs> yeah. you know the <laughs> a theme throughout the whole story that that sort of the human development amongst everybody and and you don't know what's going to happen but you just kind of have to trust that it'll work out so
1: yeah she does that for herself and 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 grows her own professional career but also helps other characters do the right thing usually totally be you know being that voice in rebecca's ear that's like this is what you need to do even if even if it's hard you know this is who you are and and also being an encouraging voice as well so Brandon, I think that means you're up next uh, with a pick 4.2. I'm
0: taking Isaac McAdoo, Mr. Captain. All right, there you go. That's a good one. Yes, I got to take Isaac. I just, he had a really great season three. The whole thing with Colin, right? How they didn't really know how to handle it. And he was upset as a friend that Colin couldn't come to him and tell him on his own about coming out and and how he kind of handled that responsibility as a captain, as a friend, because it's two different roles, right? As a captain, you got... 21 other guys in the locker room, and as a friend, you're just one on one. And how he goes after the fan, his own fan, right, for uh, crossing the line. And I, I think if the fan crosses the line, I think that's totally fine. Like, go get him, Isaac. Go, <laughs> go lay the hammer down. Like, don't let these guys treat your your buddy in arms here poorly like that. And you don't know what you're saying can offend other people. And then I really like how he develops at the end of the story where he takes the penalty kick. And, and the part with the penalty kick was funny because when he kicks it through the net, because like this guy is not known for these penalty kicks. And I like that whole yeah. sequencing in the scene where they pass the ball around and it's like, what's gonna happen here? And I remember thinking that he skied the ball over the net thinking like, well, that's typical, but then he'd go yeah. through and check and stuff. But Isaac, yeah, I like, I like how they bring everybody together. And I also like the part where he's gotta take the captain's sleeve off and he gives it to Sam. And Jamie's like, well, so, so should I have it? And Sam's like, <laughs> oh, i would wear it. Yeah. I like that scene too, but
2: Isaac's a good one. He had an interesting character arc too, because he started where you kind of hated him because he was one of Jamie's little sidekicks and bullying Nate and all that type of stuff. And you saw him evolve to, you know, being picked as the captain by Roy. And, you know, you saw that, saw that growth there as well.
1: Yeah. That was a cool little uh, side plot in season two where he had to get his mojo back. And, uh, you know, it was kind of like karate kid almost where Roy takes him out and, and, you know, makes him go play soccer and realize why he loved, loved the game again. That was, that was cool. Total
0: side note here. Sorry, John, before I take your pick, but Anthony, we didn't talk about this either with Roy, but how can as a coach? And I mean, I teach phys ed. So I hear it 8,000 times a day. I hear a whistle all the time. Like I, my, (laughs) the whistle runs through my head, but the fact that he says whistle and everybody freezes. I'm like, that's amazing. Like just to have that respect where somebody hears the word and you stop and you freeze. That's an incredible thing a lot of that about
2: him. Yeah. I had to do that last season. I keep my whistle like in my glove box in my car, yeah. right? Because you're just you're running from work to practice or whatever. It's like you just leave it there at the end of practice. And it was one of those days like we started practice left it in the car. Can't leave a bunch of seventh grade girls in the gym by themselves. So it's just and I would just have to yell out whistle. But you know, they're also seventh graders that not many of them had seen Ted Lasso except like my daughter. So she was at <laughs> least the one that Knew what I was talking about when I did that, so. That's funny.
1: And they say it's because he's, like, allergic to metal, right? And I think there's yes. some side comment made there, like, you know, we could get you a plastic whistle. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> like, uh, that was so funny. All right, so another character that we haven't picked that I can't believe dropped this far, Sam Obasanya. Come on. You got to love Sam. Yes. He opens this awesome restaurant. He has that huge story arc with Edwin Akufu uh, in season two and ultimately makes the right decision there, even though you know there's a lot of pressure and stuff. And obviously his relationship with Rebecca in season two, just an all around good guy. He has his thing with his father and he's the guy who stands up for the Dubai air thing and covers it up on his kit, like we were talking about earlier. And just such a good character and really contributes to the feel good part of the show, right? He's someone who usually makes the right decisions is is very thoughtful about things and just just a good guy honestly like this is the kind of teammate that you would love to have in real life uh, on your team so sam obasanya feels like a steal at uh round 4 pick four, I agree. 3 i guess
2: no he so. totally is and he, he was another one of those characters that right it starts right away where he is struggling. He's homesick. He's joined the club. Uh, He doesn't fit in. Jamie's being a prick. The iconic line, right? Like be a goldfish. You think of that first episode, like that's one of those pieces that comes out where you just, you know, you come together with this. And now you, you literally hear kids say it all the time. I mean, you talk about coaching. Sometimes you, you know, whether the kids have seen it or not, it's like, Hey, what's the animal with the, uh, you know, the shortest memory. And they have no idea. And you're like, it's a goldfish. Just be a goldfish. And it's just this weird. It gets him to smile. It kind of adds some levity to things. But for Sam, you know, not just him as a character, but even him as a player, right? Going from someone that was just struggling at the beginning to becoming, you know, a, a top tier player in the Premier League. That was pretty cool to see.
0: Can we all agree that Edwin's the, the worst character in the
1: show?
2: <laughs> yeah, one of Definitely. I don't know though, Rupert, I don't know if anyone's worse than, than Rupert, but there's still so much talent left, uh, left on the board. When you talk about, uh, undrafted free agency, people are going to be, uh, going to be clamoring after the fact.
1: Do you want to do it? Do you want to do a quick pick?
2: Oh, sure. 30 seconds for a pick round five. Yeah, but I'll go last. You guys go first. Cause I've gone first every round.
1: All right, John. All right. Uh, does that, okay. Reverse order. Yep. Okay. I'm going to take may the bartender. Yeah. Uh, I think she has some really good notes of wisdom and uh, I, I don't have any lines pulled up in front of me that she says, but she, uh, she has that token. I've lived for a while. I know things, <laughs> wisdom and uh, just great character. Consistent throughout.
0: I'm going to go with uh, Zava.
1: <laughs> Zava.
0: Yep. All right. Yeah. Short, short, but sweet. Helps the team find out that they're capable of winning all the time and then leaves and it shows them that they're still capable of winning all the time when they still win without him. But watching them. In his, in his own way. In his own way, yeah. Right. And what he says something to them before their, their championship game, right? What does he say? Do you remember?
2: Oh, I don't remember. He, he sends him a giant avocado, though. I do remember Yeah, that exactly. Part. Okay,
0: that's what it was, <laughs> what it was. yeah. So yeah. But just enough, just enough to make me laugh. So he's an honorable mention pick for me.
2: That's good. Um, for me, Trent Crim. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, oh, it, yeah. How do we not, it, it, it would have been Trent Krim or Colin Hughes for me. The uh, storyline of you know Colin coming out to to Trent. You know Trent. I just I had to pick him over Colin just because he was so consistent over the three seasons. In season one, I think it was episode three, where he was doing the interview with Ted. They went to the Indian restaurant. They went to Phoebe's school. They spent that time together. It just became like again in the first two episodes, here's the guy that you're like, Oh, this is gonna be the the nemesis reporter to you see Ted break him. And it's just like, oh no, this this isn't a guy that has any sort of agenda. He's spent this time with him. He says I'm gonna be rooting for Ted. And you know, from there on out. What a great close to his arc of just like, oh, he gets fired. How are they going to use him in season three? And to be such an integral piece. And I did love the storyline with Colin and how Trent was the one that became that person for him. I could have gone with either one of those guys, but if I could only pick one, I'm taking Trent. So... I was hoping one of you guys would pick Trent. I was so going to pick Colin, but <laughs> I love
0: how, even at the very end, the the little adjustment where Ted says, you know, the lasso way and they switch it to the Richmond way. I think that was cool. Yeah. And the way that the coach beard and Ted's notes for the story, when when it cuts down <laughs> and it's like all of the, the post, it's sticking out and Ted's like, looks good, but it's not about me. And it's was like, it's just great. I love it. Love it.
1: Trent Kram, I feel like that's that kind of character is what separates Ted Lasso from most shows you don't see that kind of side character arc from yeah. a lot of other TV shows. I feel like he had such an in-depth and he was just such a good, they did such a good job having non-soccer player characters in the show. Right. Cause it's, yeah, it was, it was an NBC sports skit first. It feels like an SNL thing. And he was someone who I felt really increased that depth. Like you said, Anthony, especially with that third episode of the first season, it was just such a good episode and seeing if if Ted can turn this person who seems to be like kind of, I don't want to say like old and bitter, but kind of that type figure and turn yeah. them into a believer, then he can do it with anybody. And sure. so he he was a great character to have for all intents and purposes in the show.
2: But no, absolutely.
1: Sweet. That was a good draft. I'll uh, I'll have to type that out and tweet it out or thread it or whatever we got to do these days. Uh, keeping up with those platforms. I think we are we are on threads. I started the account, Brandon. I have to give you the okay. Brandon, Brandon is our de facto social media manager. I'm now. learning how to be a social media manager. Let's start with that. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we're, we're figuring it out. We're trying. But Anthony, it's so great having you on. Actually, I do have a bonus segment, but we have to get a break in. So 52 minutes in, we're going to take a break and then come right back for a quick <laughs> segment. So stick with us. A quick hypothetical this is like two weeks old you probably saw it on twitter but it happened after our show brandon last time and i had i had to ask you guys this because i think it's interesting if you were given 10 carries in the nfl could you gain five yards did you guys see this at all i did see this there, there, there was I a huge yeah there's a huge argument about it i have some questions about like the parameters right do you count negative yards is it cumulative with negative yards because i think oh. the answer is different both so ways, if you get tackled you gotta, for a
0: loss, you got to gain 10 on the next play or something like that.
1: Right, right. Because uh, that, I, that I think it's a no. But I don't know, 10 chances to gain five yards? For like, what is it? Like a million bucks or something? Something like that. Yeah. Oh, I forget what it was.
2: Whatever Sorry. it's for. It's a hell no. There's no chance. I can't even like, you know, I can't even like play pickup basketball anymore without being like hobbled for... For three days and it's just um there is zero zero chance i don't have the vision to spot the hole in the you know wrap around mitch morris to to get to the next level and by the way once i get hit that ball is coming loose there are no yards <laughs> that are being gained it is like it is a fumble and it's going the other way so zero point zero percent chance
1: Nice. Brandon, do you think you have any shot at all? I don't know, man. My ego
0: says yes and my body says no. <laughs> but it's one of those things that I just remember so vividly in practice. Anthony, our football coach was a prick of all pricks. And I'll say it on, I'll say it to his face. I don't even care. He's just the worst. <laughs> He's the dumbest guy I've ever. And I coach, so I feel like I can say this now. And I don't even care if anybody hears it. But I remember being running back for scout team running back. And, like, oh, again, scout team running back. So, we're the backup offensive lineman against starting defense. And the, our O line is getting lit up, and I'm getting murdered. And it hurts every time. And it, he's like, explode through the hole, Brandon, explode through the hole. I was like, coach, there's not a hole. I'm like, coach, there's nowhere for me to go. I can't go. And he's like, quit bouncing over the outside. And I'm like, I just, I, and I remember pointing, I'm like, my knee hurts because we just got destroyed. So I'm like, if you give me like a Wyatt Teller or Deion Dawkins, Mitch Morris, uh, who's who's the Whitworth guy who plays right tackle he played for the Rams he's Whitworth.
1: yeah he's retired
0: well bring him back and maybe like if you can give me an all pro <laughs> offensive line maybe like just right up the gut five ten carries to get one yard each carry maybe just because a good offensive line gets a push but I'm like I'm turtling because if I get hit once I'll break because I'm not a, a large man and uh, you like to think if you have a good old line maybe you could do it but probably like 99.99999% no.
1: Yeah. The way I'm looking at it is you're getting 10 carries, right? I'm not thinking like, okay, you're going to get one yard on five of these runs. I think you're going to get negative five yards on nine of these runs. (laughs) But if there's that one time that like the linebacker trips over this, (laughs) over, over the other line or something crazy happens. I mean, we've seen crazy holes in the NFL before. If you had that crazy hole, could you get that five yards on one? I still think probably a no, but I think maybe if you, maybe if you got a hundred carries, maybe once you'd get five yards. But it had it'd have to be some kind of uh, some kind of blatant mistake on the defense's part.
2: Getting hit once, there there's no second carry. Exactly, that's
1: it. that's, that's yeah. true. I did forget about that. So. We forget. I, guess, I mean, you can only you can only have one concussion at a time, though. So I don't know.
0: <laughs> the uh, The Bills do this end of the year party for their employees, and uh, it would have been. I mean, it was before I hurt my back, so it was like four or five years ago. So I was in decent shape at the time. I thought I was in decent shape at the time, but they set up like combine drills, so the shuttle time and the forty time. And again, it was after work, and I'm in sneakers and like dress pants and a t-shirt but I remember I used to be able to run a four something 40 like the number four was the start of the clock like it 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 ended with it start of the four I ran five 40 yard dashes and I went like 5.5 5.3 5.2 5.1 and finally on the last one I broke five it was like 5.00 and I went to the garbage can and I threw up and I went home. (laughs) So you got to remember these, these linemen are running four eights, four sevens. They're fast. So, you know, no, I'm going to say no.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I just thought I'd bounce that off you guys. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for this one. Anthony, do you want to let us know where we can find you? I know you're on Pat Moran most weeks this summer and you're on BBR, but uh, any other places that you want people to check you out?
2: No, that's it. You guys can find me on Twitter at Ant Marino breaking Buffalo rumblings drops each uh, Tuesday. been doing the guest spot with Pat each week over the summer, kind of on a fill in basis to, uh, to get on with him. But honestly, it was great to be on with you guys. It's been way too long, but I love w- listening to the show each week. I do miss Pat. So Pat, if you're listening, man, just, uh, whenever you're ready, it'd be good to, yeah. to hear you back on the, yes. on the show. But, uh, no, I appreciate everything you guys are doing, and thanks for having me on. This is a lot of fun. It's yeah, we appreciate you taking yes. the time.
1: Yeah, it's awesome. We'll have to have it on in season so we can talk Bill stuff too, and and not just uh, hypothetical drafts and stuff like that. Even though that is one of my favorite parts of the off season. So, well,
2: and I am going to make the trip to uh, to London with my son uh, Columbus Day weekend. So. We've already kind of planned out. It's like, okay, how, how far away are we going to be from, from May's pub to at least like get over there and g- grab lunch? It's like to be that close and to be a Ted Lasso diehard, like, you know, whatever it is, it's just, you got to include that as, as yes. one of the stops, even if it's just a quick one. So, so John,
0: we have um, to do it now, right?
1: Yeah, we,
2: we've been trying to <clears> figure
1: <throat> it out. So, uh, we're going to have to do it now.
2: All right, man. I'll but- see you guys over there.
1: Sounds good. All right. You guys can find us at not buff podcast on all platforms. So now we have Instagram TikTok. I mean, since the last time we've talked, we have an Instagram TikTok, threads, but it's all not buff podcast across the board. So you can find us on whatever your favorite social media platform is also on YouTube at not buff podcast. We'll be back uh, next week, I think. And uh, until then go bills,
0: go bills, go bills.